welcome to the Laugh Support Podcast with your hosts, Michelle Van Dusen and June Colson. A couple of clean comedians here to support each other and others through comedy's wacky and winding roads. They'll talk about highs and lows and some traumatizing shows. So get ready, get set, let's go! <laughs> hey there, welcome to the Laugh Support Podcast. I am June Colson here with my co-host Michelle Van Dusen. Super Hello. excited to be with you today. Hello, Michelle. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing today? I am doing really good. I think I'm doing okay. Listen, so today we're going to talk a lot about writing. That is going to be our subject matter for today. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about um, the first joke that I ever wrote, and mm-hmm. I know that you were so impressed with it because it was an amazing joke. You know, it was about me uh, needing to use the bathroom too often and riding roller coasters and being a French roller coaster rider because I would say wee wee wee. Any excuse to tell that joke again? I just have to, you know, because it was such brilliance, you know, so early on, people were like, she's a genius, a comedic genius. Well, you, you, you also did the act out to it also, right? So. Oh yeah, you had to do that. I had to do the. (laughs) It was amazing. So I'm just, I'm guessing since you have, um, you've been my laugh support for so long and, and you helped teach me to write from the very beginning. (laughs) <laughs> your first joke must be as magical as mine. Do you remember like your first joke or any of the first jokes that you wrote? <laughs> um, I do kind of maybe sort of remember them. Um, and no, they were not as magical as yours. Remember when, what I said a few weeks ago is that, um, I had a, um, you know, my sister would, I was homeschooling our kids and stuff. And so she'd call me up and she'd say some things and I'd be like, oh, that's funny. Huh? And I'd hang up kind of a deal. Um, that was part of it. But my first one that I, I wrote, wrote without my sister's influence was, um, something along, you know, my weight. I'd be like, you know, Hey, I'm a recovering anorexic. Ah. And, you know, I just got my 90th ho ho chip and I ate all of it, which, um, might have been kind of funny, but uh, it's kind of a hacky joke. So I don't really do that anymore. Plus, I used to like move the microphone stand like, oh, can you see me now? Like, that's so hack. <laughs> oh, so hack. <laughs> like, you move, hack. you move the microphone stand so they could see you, huh? Yeah, you know, because how oh. skinny that was and how wide yeah. I am. Um, yeah. So yes, you think that, that that's a hacky joke now because it was a, why is it a hacky joke? What makes you feel like it's it's hack? Uh, because so many people have done that. They, they've moved the microphone stand and say something about the microphone. Like, oh, can you see me now? Like that, like that's a big thing. Um, people have done a lot of anorexic jokes. Um, but the thing is, you know, I do, did still kind of do have an eating, you know, I call it eating disorder, but now I've changed it to an eating order. So I will start with my dessert first. Yes. And I'll have the uh, main course. And then if there's space, I might have the salad. There's There's no space for the salad. There's never (laughs) space. (laughs) 
<laughs> you're so frightened by vegetables. I, I, I promise. I think like people could come knock on your door at Halloween and they could be wearing the scariest costume and you would be like, oh, you look cool. But then someone shows up as a carrot <laughs> or a green bean and you'll be like, let's go to the door. There, there's monsters at the door. I Okay. Hang on. I like carrots. I love broccoli. Um, green beans. Not a problem. It's the salad. I don't like the salad. I am what you would call an efficient eater. I allow the cow to eat the salad, the grass, and then I will eat the cow. Okay. Efficiency. Okay. So it's prepackaged salad. It's just prepackaged inside the the belly of the cow. Okay. Oh, I'll give yeah. you that much. <laughs> and it's processed. It's it's already processed. All the nutrients are pulled out to the right yes. spots. Yeah. It's yes. called well, speaking of processes. <laughs> yes. Look at that segue. So when you write, do you have a specific process? Do you have a, a, a certain style or a way that you that you write when you're writing comedy? Uh, yes and no. It's kind of a haphazard kind of thing because my mind is going 24-7 all, all the time, all over the place. I'm hearing an yeah. echo. Um, so because my mind is constantly just pinging on this and that and that, I could be in a conversation <laughs> like now with you, and I'm already thinking about, I wonder how I could actually make the process of the salad eating cow better. Like I'm already, <laughs> like, is the cow wearing, you know, uh, is he wearing a napkin when he's eating? Does he have a fork and a, and a knife cutting up the lettuce? I mean, I'm already gone into <laughs> all of it. <laughs> and it's a joke that's not even funny. Um, so the process, I see something or hear something that I go, that'd be interesting. And I just start to think about all the different things about it. Um, like we were driving down the highway and I saw the ER sign. I don't know. Have you seen those billboards, the ER billboards as you drive by? And it'll have the name of the hospital and then it'll say 15 minutes waiting yes. time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what? So, oh, I don't have time. I don't have 15 minutes to get there. I'll be bleeding out by the time I get there. I've got to go see the the other hospital. Maybe their waiting time is five minutes. Hey, can you call ahead and make a reservation for me? I'd like to have <laughs> five of blood ready and an IV. I mean, it's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you make a reservation? Then they give you those little things and it buzzes for you later. Like <laughs> I was almost dead. It, it's like also, you know, goes as a defibrillator at the same oh, time. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be right. great if they gave you those little buzzers and it just jump-started your heart. You could just go, just go on back up. Listen, my dad hot dog has had like mm, four or five heart attacks. One of them, he just didn't even bother going to the hospital, right? And he's got a, a pacemaker and um, I've been in the hospital with him this week. We actually made it out of the ER and he did not harass a nurse and he did not threaten a doctor, which is huge for hot wow. dog. It's just is huge. okay? So yeah, I don't know if he's doing okay if no, he's doing that. <laughs> but so when so you see these things and it starts spinning the wheels in your head. And so you decide, well, I'm gonna write something about that. So do you are you typing it in your phone? Are you writing it on a note? Because you're driving at that point. Like a lot of times that's when I start oh, yeah. to think about things is when I'm driving. Yeah. Um, so if I'm driving, I used to try to talk into my phone. Um and I found that my phone doesn't like my voice or the the girl that, you know, interprets what I'm trying to say thinks right. she knows better. And so she's always correcting what I'm trying to say. So when I go back to later to look at it, I'm like, what is this? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, actually, you know, spell check almost, you know, I almost got a divorce over that. I'm just saying, because uh, I asked my husband one time, I'm like, hey, you know, we were just texting. Uh, what are you doing for dinner? And he said, I I'm going to Jenny's. I'm like, what? It was Kenny. I know Kenny. I don't know yes. a Jenny. Yes. So it was, it was Jenny. Real, What's she yeah. cooking? Because I might be over in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I have I have scraps of paper everywhere. Um, one time I had I was traveling and I got these ideas as I was driving, and so I have joke notes or or joke ideas, concepts, themes on um, Dunkin' Donuts containers. I have it on pizza containers. I have it on a McDonald's bag. Uh, anything that's around. Yes. I did have some on some napkins, like at a restaurant once, and. I think I threw those out and I'm like, ah, okay. So I can't use napkins because I end up seeing that as trash and tossing it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like yeah. the, the pizza box, when I get it back home or whatever, I'll take the section that I wrote and I'll have to cut it out and then I'll take a picture of it. Then I'll rewrite it. But it doesn't have the same funniness when I go back to look at it. If it's not on the pizza box. It's <laughs> <laughs> Why not just take the picture? Why do you cut it out first? <laughs> like it seems like you you always had an extra element of work to things, Michelle. <laughs> well, <laughs> because okay, so a, a few years ago, um, and I say a few, it could have been ten years. I'm not sure anymore. But a few years ago, I had a surgery, and some of the medicine that they put on uh, that I had to take, uh, it was for my shoulder. Uh, the surgery was. Um, but some of the medicine actually messed up my memory. So I have to, I'm so tangible. I have to make sure that I'm writing it. I have to see it. I have to touch it again and again yes. to make sure it's in my brain. And now because of, you know, being shut down for a year, I don't know if I could actually do my jokes on stage uh, without holding a piece of paper in front of me at this moment, because it's been forever since we've been on stage. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that. I've seen a lot of that in, in I mean, in clubs and uh, certain events and stuff that I've done. You know, I did. I mean, I did some things during 2020 that were actually live events, which was very rare. Um, but being close to Tennessee, there were certain areas that were a lot more relaxed in Indiana, Kentucky, not so much. But um, most of the comedians would come on stage and they and they would start with like, I haven't done this in forever. And, you know, and they would like draw attention to it. You know, yeah. or uh, I mean, the fact that you're holding a, an eight by 10 piece of paper in your hand, <laughs> while you're doing it, you don't have to tell us it's been a few minutes, brother. It's been it's clear you're you brought it. You're reading it off the phone like, you know, it, it takes some people some time to get oh, back into yeah. it. So as far as organizing things, so are do you have any organization with your because I get it. I'm not an organized person. I have notes in my phone. I have like right, like right here on my desk, there's just like papers and piles and, you know, stuff everywhere. I have things on the floor beside me. I have a puggle. I feel like you can hear him snoring. I'm going to tilt it and see if we can see him. I have a little fat puggle. A puggle. That's a, that's a dog for those that are listening. Look uh, at it. And he's snoring then, like a bear back there. Yeah. I can't hear that. Oh, I'm so glad you can't. can't it's so loud right now. <laughs> <laughs> But I, like in this room, like there's probably notes underneath the puggle right now. I probably there's he's he's probably laying on some comedic magic, and and I know that, that I'll put stuff in Google Docs. Mm -hmm. I type a lot of stuff into Google Docs, yeah. um, but I don't. You know, I'm not the best at, at at organizing my material at all, 
or even writing it down. Like how, how many times have you had that thought or you've seen something that was hilarious and then you're like, oh, ah, I'll remember it. I'll remember it. Not a problem. Yeah. You won't yeah. remember it. You won't. Uh, no, write it down, people. Listen, <laughs> we're not here to give you organization advice other than don't write be like down. us, right? <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, don't don't follow our example. Uh, do what we say. Write it down. Um, I know that some people like to use uh, OneNote because it's, you know, it's kind of like the Google Docs, I think, where you can access it from any cloud or something like yes, that. I'm yeah. not really sure. I don't really trust the cloud. Um because sometimes the cloud gives you rain. I'm just saying it could be a yes. thunderstorm, right? Is that anyway? Um, but on my <laughs> phone, <laughs> on my phone, I have texted my husband. I'm like, note for me for later. And then I found this thing called Color Note, which is like you could write notes and stuff in it. But the problem is, I know you can't see this, uh, but I have. Um, I know people at home can't see this, but I have. Hundreds, oh, a joke everyone needs. I have hundreds of um, notes. Like I have, and it's supposed to color coordinate. I yes. can't color. Look at this. Do you see how many craziness this is? Right. So then I started pages writing some pages. Yeah. So then I started writing joke in front of it. But because I didn't start off with that whole concept of like, oh, if I write joke in front of it, then every time I pull it up, I'll I'll find, oh, this is a joke about gas. Oh, this is a joke about a castle. Oh, this is a joke about gardening. I wasn't organized when I started and right. trying to go back is so much uh, effort. <laughs> There's jokes that I just don't do. Um, you know, after, well, you were talking about not remembering material, you know, when everything kind of shut down the first time that I went back and I, you know, I was writing other things. I was working on writing a book and, um, and some other projects that I, that I was, you know, kind of engrossed in. And that was what I was focusing my time on. I was still trying to write weekly with people, but, um, but I pulled up my material and I, I'd laid it all out and started looking and I found stuff that I'm like, oh, I wrote that in the very beginning, but then I kind of found a bit that was my bit and it was working really good. And I focused on that. And, and then I ended up adding another one to that or whatever. Hmm. And I, I didn't go back to this other stuff. And so suddenly I found material that I had started that I was like, oh, I actually like that. That's that's worth, you know, spending some some time on. And so but I but I really did kind of have to re-memorize and work that muscle again. I I was I, I just kept telling myself, these are your words, June. You wrote these words, you know, it, it's going to be fine. It's your stories. Because when I write, I'm not sure what you what all you focus your material around. But when I, I think one of the best pieces of advice I got in the very beginning was when I started talking about my family, um, mm -hmm. I talked about, you know, my mom, Mo and my daddy, hot dog and my sister, Bobby Joe and my little brother, Dewey. And it was even to a point where there were people um, I, I did this thing with a comedian. His name is Marty Simpson. He's a Christian comedian. And like it was 2016 or 17. Marty started a thing called Punchline and Pajamas. You did that yeah. a few times, didn't you, Michelle? Yeah. I did. I did. I love punchlines in pajamas. Um, I, I think two years for two years, I may have only missed one or two. Wow. And th that's where I wrote because I, I do live in a, you know, a smaller community. I'm not in a big city and there's not comedy clubs and stuff here. And I didn't know anybody really. If you look in my town, there's only like one other person that I know of that does comedy and I really don't know him. 
And I started doing the punchline and pajamas that Marty set up and it was mm -hmm. online. It was on zoom and it was basically a virtual open mic. Now this was several years ago and I would so, tell the comedians pre COVID. So this, yeah, is this was before it's time. Yes. Yeah. Way before COVID. And I remember going to the Christian um, comedy association to their, to uh, their conference. And I was like, Oh, you have to do like, cause when I came to that conference that year, I knew comedians from different parts of the country that I didn't get to know at the conference because yeah. there's so many people there. Right. So then I went having friends. Like I knew these folks, they had heard my stuff. We had gone back and forth and worked this material. And I would tell people, I'm like, it's not the same as an open mic. I'm not telling you that it, it, it's the same as an open mic in a club, but I'm telling you it has value. It yeah. has really helped me work my material. I've never done an open mic. I've never wow. To a comedy club and done an actual open mic. Okay, so there's a huge difference in doing an open mic in a comedy club and then the punchlines in pajamas. Because the punchline in pajamas, you got feedback from other comics. Yes. And, yeah. and helped your material get better. And, you know, get, they gave you uh, tags. They gave, you know, like, you, hey, you could reword it this way. You know, put the reveal on the end. Like, they would give you information that was yeah. really, really valuable. It was almost like an online writing group, but you yeah, still it basically was that. And that's what I would try to explain to people. I'm like, it's not, it's not a comedy club open mic. Cause yeah. there are a lot of people who snubbed their nose at it and they were like, that didn't make, nobody's ever going to do comedy on zoom. You're crazy. <laughs> but because we yeah. had done that, the first time someone asked me to do an open mic on a zoom and then yeah. to do a zoom show, I was like, I, I was doing this two years ago when people said we were crazy. <laughs> And it wasn't, it wasn't to replace that. And I get yeah. like, I've done some stuff that's kind of open mic that mm -hmm. comedians have set up, but yeah. nothing like going into the brutal environment of no one cares about what you're saying, June. Like, yeah, yeah. We're no, just here to hear ourselves on stage, right? The, the, the performances that we did in Texas, that was more of a showcase, but it yeah, was a back-to-back yeah, -back yeah, showcase, which is, is almost like an open mic, but it's not. So an open mic um is you still have to get your number like you still have to put your name in and then they'll pick you know who gets to go that night but you're sitting in front of a, an audience or an audience is sitting in front of you and you're doing your jokes for your first time trying to see what the response would be from them and it is more brutal because some of your audiences are drinking some are only there for the headliner why do we have to see these people first like so there's different attitudes but the showcase that we did, it was set up like an open mic, but it was a um, people came just to see the all the new comedians. They didn't, right. come, you know, they weren't waiting for a headliner. So it, you you still set up in a better spot, and and the open mic um, showcase that we did that was um, that was all clean. It was all clean comedians. Right. You're not going right. to get that at an open mic in a club, but they are still very, very similar. So you, you have done open mics. We'll go with, yes, you have. I'm going to yeah, count for the just yes. Not the, <laughs> just not, you know, that physical and I, you know, and I know that may, that makes you stronger. I, yeah. you know, because I, I haven't done the open mic scene, but I've done the scene where I'm in a club or I'm mm -hmm. in a bar or, you know, I'm at a venue where things are not set up right. Or, you know, there are people that are drunk and could care less. Or like I did a, I did a, a Valentine's show with a couple of comedians. I, I got hired to open the show, I think. And behind us was the bathroom, like right <laughs> behind the mic. 
was oh. the bathroom. It was a bar. There were like lots of, you know, people who had been drinking and, and having a great time. And then on, across my other shoulder was the <laughs> ice machine where the waitresses would come to get the ice for the glasses. Oh. So it was, you were like doing your stuff and it was bathroom door, bathroom door, bathroom door, ice machine, bathroom door, bathroom door. It was oh, not the like, best show I've ever done. Yeah. that That's also like when you go to the coffee houses and do um, an open mic at a coffee house, when they start making coffee, the espresso yes. machines, yes. and then you're like, you got to be louder and funnier than the espresso machine noises. Yeah, it's crazy. Yes. But that blender okay. fires up and yeah, forget about it. Yeah, forget it. No one's hearing you. So, okay. So you've done the collaboration of the punchlines and pajamas. What other um, groups have you like, have you sat down and have you written with people? Have you like collaborated and, and helped other people create their material? Tell me some some events that you've done. Yeah, like yeah. So my my first kind of writing and open mic type of thing was the the punchline in pajamas for sure. And then um, at the at, uh, one of the conferences, there's a comedian that lives outside of Nashville, Tennessee, um, mm -hmm. named Jeff Allen, and he's uh, he's just a phenomenal human being. And I got invited to go to his house with um, a group of other comedians that mm -hmm. were just different levels. So basically he wanted to foster just a creative environment for comedians of different levels. They didn't necessarily have to be a Christian comedian or have to be a clean comedian. Mm -hmm. And I was by far the least experienced human being in that room. Um, several different comedians from Nashville popped in and out. And I've got to meet some amazing people, but, but the thing is that everybody in that group is very valuable. Like that he didn't mind that I wasn't as experienced as everybody else. And, uh, and so basically we would come in and sometimes he would have a friend come in and, and teach about writing. Wow. Um, you know, yeah. So, you know, sometimes we were just there learning from each other. Other times someone would have a show coming up and they're like, okay, here's the material I'm going to use. Um, when I got ready to do the clean comedy challenge, I was able to get advice from, you know, people in that writer's group about things that, you know, that I should or shouldn't do. Some of the people in there had competed in that competition in the past and they're let's, like, uh, the, let's, let's interrupt expect. that. Let's do interrupt that for just a moment. Uh, you're mentioning the clean comedy challenge and uh, you did win that. Let's just put that out there. You did win that. So, um, okay, go ahead. Keep going. I did. Yeah, I did win 2020 Nashville's clean comedy challenge put on by um, Leslie Norris Townsend and, and the amazing Joby Sad. And they did a great job in the most unusual uh, competition environment anybody could have ever expected, you know, in the summer of 2020 when things were insane. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I've written with that. I wrote with that group. Uh, we haven't been together for a few months, but typically we get together once a month. And I, I did that for two years with the writers group. So I would throw material out there. We would give each other punchlines and, um, and, and then just a supportive community. It was just a, a group of people who really were just kind. His, his wife um, is an amazing cook and she would make us sweet treats every, I mean, I'm talking like made from scratch cakes and, and homemade ice cream. And, you know, oh. we would write, we would eat, we would write again. And, and I drive an hour and a half to do wow. that, you know, so that, and then you three hour round trip, right? There's the math. Yeah. yeah, that that's commitment on your part. And that's, that's another thing that's really, really important. You have to be committed to uh, go the extra mile. Um, you have to be committed to take the time to write. You have to, um, you know, be committed to yourself and to your craft to get better. And so you put 
time and effort into becoming who you are as a comedian now. And I'm going to say for how much hard work that you've added um, and you've done over the last few years, you've shaved off years on this comedy road. You know, that that's why you're winning contests. That's why you're getting the opportunities that you're doing. You're on, um, you just did a TV, like you're like on a TV special with somebody. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, Hoss Ridgeway, mm-hmm. uh, Harden is on it as well. But Hoss was the uh, the headliner and was the one that kind of orchestrated that. And we filmed um, at Praise and Harmony TV outside of Nashville. And uh, so it's one of those, it's a, it's a subscription type of thing. And yeah. so you have to subscribe to Praise and Harmony TV to be, be able to see the special. But yeah, I mean, to, to be able to do those kind of things, I think, yes, it was, it's hard work, but you know, you know that, that I'm a Christian, you know how I believe. And um, my whole purpose in getting into comedy in the first place was because this, this is what God said I was supposed to be doing. And um, for people who don't believe and, you know, they just think June's crazy and she hears voices in her head. Either way, I'm doing comedy because of the voices. <laughs> really, one voice. Um, but I also think that's what it has expedited my process. You know, yeah. those people who do believe in God, whenever he sends you on a path and he tells you to do something, um, I know it's not normal that within two years I won the Clean Comedy Challenge. I know it's not normal um, that, that I was on the special. I know these bangs are not normal because they <laughs> fall into my forehead and I told you I needed to spray them. There's the attention deficit. You can get I, a barrette. Crazy get, hair right here. What is this? Get a barrette, get a barrette, stick it up in your hair, a little barrette. You, hold you know, hair. in Kentucky, it's a brat. Get a brat, a brat, a brat in your hair. <laughs> <laughs> my mom told me one time that I was, I should put my kids on the brat diet. And I'm like, stop calling my kids brats. And no, I guess they were sick. And so it was like bananas, rice, applesauce, oh. and toast. So like the brat diet, I'm like, oh, I thought she was judging them. <laughs> Is that what it's called? I knew, I've heard of that yeah. before, but I, but I didn't know it was called the brat diet. Like so getting a little yeah. tip for your kids too. <laughs> but yeah, so so the writer group, it kind of fell out um, during COVID and, and we'll definitely get back together. It's definitely a tight group, an amazing group of people. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll for sure do that again, but in between time. So I woke up one morning, um, almost exactly a year ago because it was a couple of days after right 10 started. And I, I remember getting up and, uh, somebody had sent me a message on Facebook. And so then I just kind of scrolled over and looked and Joel Byers, our friend Joel was live. Now he's with, uh, you know, the, the laugh support podcast is brought to you by the hot breath comedy network and Joel is the uh, founder of the hot breath comedy network. Right. So about a year yep. ago I wake up and I see this dude and he's like, okay, I don't, you know, basically I don't know what's going on with the world, but I, I'm going to try to stay motivated. And every morning, if you want to join me for 10 minutes, I'm going to write. And he set a little timer up and he would have the camera like down on his piece of paper where you could see him writing. And mm-hmm. I thought, what is, what's this guy doing? And I have listened to his podcast before uh, because Rick Roberts, our friend Rick was on there, or he was actually interviewed by Rick on yeah. Rick's podcast. And then I was like, oh, who is this guy? So I started listening to his podcast when I would run at the parks in the morning. And so what, uh, name Rick Roberts podcast. Uh, 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 School of Laughs. laughs. <laughs> All right. I I have test anxiety. Don't ever do that to me, Michelle. Do you see that? Like I think I peed a little. <laughs> what, what happens if I say it wrong? 
No, Rick <laughs> Roberts. Yes. The la- uh, oh my gosh. School of laughs. School, of, school laughs. of laughs, which is another area. That's something I've soaked up everything that Rick Roberts has had to offer. All of his classes from writing to performance uh, to the, the business of comedy, those type of things. Like I've, I've you know, soaked up everything he's done. Um, but Joel, so Joel started this in the morning, right? 10 and it was 10 minutes. And it was like just him at the time. I think there were like two or three people. You could see two or three people were watching. So the next day I got up and I watched it again. And then he, he was like, oh, I'll, I'll read your jokes. And so he starts reading the people's jokes. And I was like, well, that's interesting. So I probably watched it off and on for several days before I was like, well, I, I guess I'll do this. And then I typed in a joke and he read it. Offered a little feedback and then moved on. So at that point, there was just a few people in there, probably less than 10 daily. And I remember one day seeing like 15 people on right 10. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's 15 people. And before you know it, it just took off like comedians all over the country, all over the world. I was, I was in kind of a, like a punchline and pajamas type of open mic situation that, that all started with the right 10. And there was, you know, I remember two guys were from India that were in there that were writing and it became this, Yes, it became this international thing. And then I was like, Michelle, you got to, Michelle Van Dusen, you've got to join this. And I want to tell the story before we close today, because (laughs) it started evolving into like a little mini competition, very friendly, but there would be um, on the weekends, on Saturdays, if you won, he would interview you, he'd bring you on like through Skype or Zoom or something. And he would interview you. And what I, at first when he was doing interviews, I thought, well, it's just a little joke somebody wrote. Why, why is he interviewing these people? But then that became really interesting of like different people's writing process, right? So my birthday weekend, <laughs> which is when plug. it's my birthday <laughs> in June, Michelle. Yes. In June, <laughs> it's my birthday. You know, don't feel obligated to vote for me. Ha ha ha. <laughs> and it was your first weekend that you popped in <laughs> to write in. It was it my birthday. You won <laughs> joke of the day. And Joel interviewed you. And I'm like, what kind of friend? I've been here since almost day one. You stuck well, and you stole it from me. How, Michelle, how do you feel about yourself right now? For um, doing fan, that? Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> because no I didn't want you to get a big head on your birthday. Like if you won, that would have not been a great thing. Um, now, again, at that time frame, I did not own a camera for my computer. So that's right. I was the only interview that he did where you couldn't see the person. It was just a picture of me and then just my voice because I didn't. And I think it was Skype or Zoom. I don't know. Whatever it was, you didn't see me. And um, so I'm a one and done kind of a thing. I won once and that's it. Since then, I haven't won again. I did get 16 votes the other day, though. The winner had like 30 some, but you know, Hey, it's so yes. close, but you've, you've, you've actually, because you've put in the time frame and you get up every morning and you do the, t- you know, t- write for 10 minutes at 10 AM. Um, you have improved your writing skills because that's what it is. It's, it's a muscle that we have to keep working at and working at. We have so much more to talk about, but we are out of time. I know, but listen, let me tell you a little something. Can I tell you a little secret? Yes. I'm no good with secrets. Speaking of Joel Byers of the Hot Breath Comedy Network, there goes my bangs again. Okay. <laughs> so Joel Byers has agreed 
to come on and he's going to be our very first interview on the last podcast. And we'll talk about how he inspired us to do this in the first place and how we became underneath this uh, kind of umbrella of the Hot Breath Network. So I'm super excited about that. How about you, Michelle? Uh, Yes, it's the Hot Breath Comedy Network. You got to get the word comedy comedy in there. It's the last, it's, it's the Hot Breath Comedy Network. Yeah, that's what I said. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you totally said it correct. I, I hope I'm not messing it up. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll so find out next time. time in an episode very, very, very soon. I can't wait. Really. Joel Byers is going to be here with us on Laugh Support. But that's it. We are out of time today. We're going to wrap this thing up. I always end it with Jesus <laughs> and Doombug loves you. And Michelle, you end it with. Bye. <laughs> no. You're really not going to say it. I'm going to say it. Y'all, little Michelle and the Messiah want you to take it higher. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Won't he do it? All right, y'all. That's it for this episode. Peace out. Out.